Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. Bro, we missed Sunday. It's all right. I think so, too. (laughs) I'm tired. We've been putting out so much content since COVID started here in America that uh, people still aren't probably even caught up. Uh, yeah, I can guarantee there's plenty of followers that have not caught up. No doubt about it. I mean, hell, it's my own podcast and I'm not even caught up at this point. Yeah, you got to catch up. That being said, (laughs) I did just recently the other day, listen to my, my, uh, Juneteenth episode. Nice. So I was a little bit out. So <laughs> my mom has been listening. So shout out to mom. She, uh, what are moms? She did send us a message that she couldn't find the send button on her email because of the, well, I got to put her on blast. <laughs> She says, I love what you guys are doing. Having these conversations are needed. I'm enjoying the free fall chatter. Because I'm special, I'm listening from the new to the old. Well, yeah, that is very special. A lot of people do that, though. They do. Actually, that's the way that uh, um, the podcast app will make you go, actually. Um, If you start the latest episode, it will start counting down. Um, and it doesn't go the other way around for some reason. So you're not that special. Um, keep it going, guys. What's with the burping and the farting? (laughs) It smells. Mom, it's audio. You can't be smelling it. Right. She says she wants to get in the conversations. Um, then she remembers that she can only listen. Bummer. But we should have her on, man. Shout out to mom. One of these days. Yep. We can do it. Um, So, yeah. That's it. Well, good looks, mom. Appreciate the words. Glad you're listening. Glad you're enjoying it. Indeed. I, uh, you know, to the farting and burping point. Like. I don't know. Do people understand, like, this is what we would do when we hang out in person? 100%. Like, that's the birthplace of this podcast for us, was around a fire. Mm-hmm. Smoking a stog, sipping some whiskey, and just chatting, man, you know? Mm-hmm. I yep. miss those days. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, now we do it via FaceTime and recording. Yeah, yeah, man. Which, yeah, dude, man. I got to I got to tell you this. I tell wish me. you already know, but I want to brag on it cuz I thought it was dope. So, we went to this store called Treasure Hunt. And maybe I've talked about it on here a while back. I don't remember. But if you're familiar with these type of stores, it's a bunch of like Amazon returns um we never said happy recording day, by the way. You just did. Yay. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's a bunch of, like, return stuff or, like, <laughs> some stuff you can see what it is. Some stuff's in a box that's unmarked. And they have these big, huge bins, and they throw all the shit in, and you just literally hunt. Like, you just pick this thing up hmm, what's this i don't know i'm either gonna google it or i'm gonna throw it back in the bin you know what i mean <clears throat> coolest thing about these stores are on 
like different days they have different prices so anything in the bin on let's say a monday is like a dollar and then tuesday is three dollars and then they have like happy hours kind of things where it's like thursday for two hours only everything in the store is a quarter well anyway we went on a day where everything in the bin was five bucks right Mm. so we're rummaging through and there's a lot of like similar stuff with like you know iphone cases charging cords car parts just whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so i'm rummaging through and i see this box just laying there that had the same logo as my microphone that i'm speaking on right now which is not professional i mean i'm i make it sound okay i think but like you know it's only a 50 dollars microphone but dude i got one for five bucks another microphone yeah the same exact thing that on amazon i could get for 50 dollars right now isn't that cool that's awesome the only thing that's missing is the uh the windshield okay yeah but dude it's got the pop filter the i mean everything i need five that's bucks impressive. this place is called treasure island hunt treasure hunt yeah which they also do like mystery boxes and stuff. I don't know. It's kind of cool. You can spend like so much time because there's so much shit to go through. Sure. But anyway, it's kind of fun. Wanted I to bet. brag on that. Thought it was cool. Well, I'll brag too then since you're bragging. Do it. I guess. Um, you know that storm that tore down our fence? You were here. Yeah. I do. Um, we had no power. <laughs> had no power. <laughs> I have the power. I've got the power. Bum, uh, bum, 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 bum. I was bum. talking about the power of Grayskull. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> give me the music. Um, the uh, I started rebuilding it this uh this past weekend so so sunday i was too dead to record anyway because of the fence i had broken down majority of it and gave a bunch away for firewood burned a bunch of it myself still have several slats that i have to go through um it's like five more you know fence panels that need to be broken down um but I had some help, but I rented an auger and I bored out the, you know, the holes and, um, set new posts in concrete. Yep. So it's coming together. Uh, the tomorrow actually is supposed to be the final day where I just hang the fence posts onto the, on, uh, or I hang the fence panels onto the posts but I can't find any panels anywhere. Lowe's, Home Depot, really? Menards, they're all out everywhere. You think it's just because... <clears throat> it ain't COVID's fault. I ain't blaming COVID. I wasn't about to say that. I'm going to say you had a major, like a major storm. I'm pretty sure your fence is not the only one that went down. You know what I'm saying? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's the issue, man. We've got there's Dang. the big box stores. They don't have anything for well, can me. they order it though and be like, yeah, over here. Couldn't even order it. Really? I tried. Couldn't even order it. So I am. You want me um, to ship you some wood? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a picture first. See if you like it or not. stupid (laughs) (laughs) oh god so what are you gonna do just wait no what i'm gonna do is um build a fence from scratch piece by piece so um i'm gonna do two rows of slats horizontal that goes from post to post 
and then I'm going to put up cedar planks. One by sixes cedar planks and just nail them up to the horizontal slats that I that I make. It's going to take forever, but it's easy to do. It's not hard. Yeah. That's what she said. Hopefully not. I mean, not to me, at least. <laughs> so I'm not happy about having to do it that way. Um, but I'll do it nonetheless. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to go and buy all the two by fours and then hang those. And then, um, and then go from there on the slats, hmm. the cedar slats. Yep. Got to do it, bro. I'm, I, I cannot stress how frustrating it is to have to go without a fence and stare into my neighbor's yard and watch their dogs come over while I'm sitting on the patio trying to have a cigar. They're coming over wanting to get pet. I don't like petting my own damn dog, <laughs> let alone somebody else's dog. I, I'm well, allergic. Well, you got to worry about Clyde going over there. And Clyde goes over there. And I got to, I go outside with Clyde every time so that I can chase him back into our yard. And he's starting to learn now. So like today, I let him out uh, after dinner or right before dinner, I let him out. He did his business and never even tried to go over there. I think part of the reason is because it was so damn hot today. Um, he didn't want to sit out there in the sun. So, I mean, my allergies are terrible right now. Um, so, forgive me if I sound like shit. Um, but yeah, building a fence, bro. I had some neighbors come help me. You know, I had my brother-in-law come and help me. My cousin came and helped me. Uh, it was a lot of work to do. A lot of work. Uh, but it's doable. So, we did so the best the, we could. What's the bragging part here? <laughs> I'm building a fence, Just bro. that you're doing it? <clears throat> yeah. Instead of paying somebody else to come in and do it, I'm doing oh, it myself. Oh, oh. I'm already uh, a few hundred dollars into the project. And, um, I just don't see why it's so hard. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what, what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Ugh. My allergies killing me, dude. Non stop. Non stop. So, yeah. Well, uh, let's so, just yeah. air this out on the podcast. Dirty when laundry. I was there, we yeah. went to Costco. Yeah. With our masks on. Yes. Just saying. And um, you needed a new TV. I tried to talk you into a bigger one. You wouldn't yeah. do it. I wouldn't do it. You buy the TV. We install yeah. the TV. And by mm -hmm. install, I mean push the legs in and <laughs> connect a power cord. <clears throat> and then we're like, damn, this TV is dope. My big ass gets home. And I'm like, man, I've been wanting a new TV for a while now. <laughs> I'm just going to go look. Well, I see your exact TV mm -hmm. for $100 more. Which we, I wasn't at a Costco, so benefits. Yeah, that's why. But then I'm looking and I'm like, I, at first I thought there was an issue. Because there was a 55... For 500 and then there was a 65 for 500 and I was like bitch I'm about to get that 65 <laughs> I yep. don't even care if it's wrong I'm gonna fight didn't have to fight walked out somehow it fit in the Prius and now most of our living room is a TV and it is fucking awesome <laughs> and then you got so jelly, you're like, damn, bro. <laughs> I can put that 55 in the bedroom. I'm about to go get a 65. <laughs> I haven't done it, but I want to. That is for sure. 
Well, I was just bringing it up because we were watching TV, and uh, I just, dude, it is awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. Laugh it up, funny guy. I don't need to say anything else. I know next week you're going to be like, after you get that fence done, like, look what I got, an 80-inch bitch. They're <laughs> 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 like, babe, Bigger why don't we put the 65 better. in the... <laughs> In the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, um, I am so Man, anti- all this shit that's going on. Sorry, yeah. I'm cutting you off, but like, no. Sorry. here I am boasting about getting a 65-inch TV and loving it. Mm-hmm. People are dying yep. from COVID, from bullets, from bullshit. Yep. Bad shit's happening to people. I mean, I got my own shit going on, which I'm not going to air out here, but life isn't as bad as it could be. You know what I mean? With a 65-inch TV, bro, life is pretty damn good. AC's kicking. Yep. I got ice cubes in the freezer. It's not too bad. Not too bad. You got all the vodka you can drink that i shouldn't <laughs> you went you went home with a couple bottles from costco yeah i left that one bottle there i don't know if you want to say their name on here no i don't i don't even want to mention that bottle we're not gonna go there <laughs> i don't even know did you really leave it here oh yes <laughs> i don't know where it is then because we didn't stick it in the fridge i can the freezer. spend way less and get the same taste. I don't think anyway, we, we're not gonna we're gonna go down the trail and then we're gonna say it and then we're gonna get in trouble. It's fine. No, just, no, no. I just on. I just want to know where the bottle is though because I don't I haven't seen it. I since left the it day in your we, basement. You did. I'm pretty sure. In the liquor cabinet or or maybe I left it in the cooler that was outside. But I'm pretty sure you've already emptied that. Oh yeah. I don't know where that bottle is, bro. So there is a strange bottle of vodka somewhere around the house that I haven't <laughs> seen. And you've been gone for two weeks. Yeah. So I haven't seen that bottle. And uh, I'm pretty sure if you left it, it's still hidden somewhere in this house. That's funny because I didn't even hide it. Anyway. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, okay. Cheers. Um uh, Clayton did a video interview, a Zoom interview or something like that on Facebook, mm-hmm. and has some interesting things to say about COVID and the shit. Uh, apparently, I didn't realize he lives just a couple hours away from Minneapolis. Yeah, he's in Minnesota. Uh, he's in Minnesota, so maybe it's less than a couple hours. Maybe it's like 30 minutes or something. I don't know. I don't either. He mentioned it. Anyway, um, he's uh, he is a bishop in the Church of God. Um, and he made some comments about um, what the church may look like going forward post-COVID and how churches need to start rethinking their scope of ministry and how they do things. And uh, I just listened to it today. So it was fresh. Like I I took a shower and kind of had it in the background as I was shaving and stuff. So it's still kind of fresh in my mind, but he says, uh, he says we need to rescope churches need to, to rescope and reevaluate the essentials. And he used that word essentials, which I thought was, excuse me, very interesting. Because he wasn't talking about essentials of doctrine. And anytime I use the word essentials, I'm talking about not church essentials. I'm talking about doctrine essentials. But he, he spoke about church essentials, as in the the community, the, the building, the, the way that we do church today starting to refocus on the essentials so that 
you can streamline your vision and streamline um, your ministry. And I thought that that was very interesting. Um, as, as I said before we started recording, I don't know that I necessarily believe a word that he actually said. And that can just be my own issue. Um, but sure. I don't believe him. Why not? Um, because he's part of a denomination that is very building focused. <clears throat> yep. So I have a hard time believing him. Um, and, and I mean, and to that point, I'd have a hard time believing any pastor today, except for like Francis Chan, who actually did it. <laughs> like he's, he, he went ahead and gave up a several thousand member church and um, in one of his last messages, just flat out said, this is beautiful and this is great. And I'm so glad that all of your lives have changed. I just don't really think that this is what God's idea of a church is or should be. So I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, he was just straight up and yeah. frank about it. Like, I don't think this is right. And I don't want to be judged for this at the end of my life. That. I've focused on growing a church instead of the gospel. So he actually put some feet to what he actually said and what he believed. And, um, and I just, I don't know it, it, to me, it would be extremely far fetched to see Clayton do something like that. I don't sure. know. Am I, am I talking over people right now, or can you help well, provide some context here? I mean, we're talking about a man that only you and me know about. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. That's what I feel like I'm. And kind we of talking know him over. differently at different points in our lives, in different roles of our lives. Yeah. So, granted, let me preface it that way. Yeah. But I have had conversations with him personally on his convictions as to why he stays within his organization. And I do think it's for good intentions <clears throat> and I'm not going to speak for him. That's just my take on him as a person and what he does. I think he's an awesome man. Like as a person, forget church aside. I mean, you know, strangely enough, I'm, now some weird way related to him <laughs> which yeah. is a whole other can of worms yeah, yeah that's that being said weird. i can't tell you the last time i talked to him i think it was before our wedding like okay two years ago two and a half years ago whatever five um, years so ago, I, seven. I'm, yeah. I'm not in like constant communication with him but <clears throat> yeah i i i definitely see your point of view just because the big air quotes beast that is any church organization right whatever name it is it operates to fund itself because if it can't then it's not a thing and people don't get paid so if you're paid by that thing you know what i mean it's like any other job that's part of the reason why i don't like the way church like how church is being done because it doesn't seem kind of like Francis Chan, you were saying, just doesn't seem like this is how it should be done. Yeah. And that's my personal conviction. I don't know if that's Clayton's or not. We'd have to ask him. Maybe we could have him on. I don't know if he would want to be on this one, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter about who we're talking about. The, the point still stands because um, I, I think that's a big struggle that i know i have and i think you do obviously too especially after what you just said with the church is it all comes down to money at the end of the day i mean they won't say that but that's what it is and then you have people like me i want to do ministry i feel called to preach teach mentor i have a lot of shit i can tell people just from the things that i've studied you know what I mean? Like I've studied the Bible, like studied 
the Bible, not like read it and memorized it and did my little devotions from John C. Maxwell. Uh, like I've actually studied it and I need to study it more than I am now. I'm just saying like, and I'm not, you know, trying to be like, Oh, come to me, you dumb, ignorant person for I shall tell you the ways. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying that at all. I'm just saying like, you don't have to be like your job doesn't have to be with an organization who unfortunately it gets super messy when money's involved. And then the ministry biblical principles from my point of view seem to kind of not fade away, but everything that's where I'm saying it's messy because yeah, we have a mission and we have this, but if I'm not paid, then I can't do the mission. So now I have to maybe, park some of those things to go over here and make sure that we're getting the money in. And if I'm wrong, I'll like, tell me how I'm wrong and I'll admit it. But I, I think that's a huge disadvantage for what American churches okay. are doing today. I agree. don't know that it has to be so involved that, <clears throat> you know, it looks like what it is today because then it's sure. just a, you're in your little nook. You're in your little thing over here. Mm-hmm. And you're so disconnected from the world that Christ has called you to, to be a catalyst in, to be a change in. Yeah. But you don't know that because you eat at Chick-fil-A. You don't watch rated R movies. You kind of know pop culture, but you turn a, a, blind, like, you know, a blind eye, but then secretly you check it out later so that you know, but you can't let your Christian friends know. And you go to your prayer groups and you hang around with Christians and you only listen to CCM and you have to read your Bible every day or you're going to hell and you have to pray before you eat every meal or you're going to hell or Jesus is mad. And it's just <laughs> like, bro, calm the fuck down, dude. Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I don't think God listen, is as mad as most churches say that he is. I'm jaded. I understand that I'm jaded from things I've seen within the church and honestly from a lot of things that I've gone through pretty recent in my life that I have no freaking answers for. And I won't go any further than that, but like one of the biggest things, and I think I probably got off topic. Yeah. Maybe I didn't. We're talking about church. Well, yeah, my biggest thing, one of my biggest things with church is like, and I know we've said this time and time again, like, like we lost a child. Yeah. Not like early on, like we knew the sex, we picked a name, we were getting clothes. We lost a child and it was horrifically shitty. And fucked up things happen during that. And there's a podcast that you can listen to. I'm not going to get into it right or an episode. So go find it. I don't know what it is. If you're even interested, if you're not, whatever. But like the church, air quoting here, growing up in a Christian home, I was not remotely set up to process horrific things. And I'm just using that as an example. But we've all had stuff that happens that's just so shocking and caught off guard or horrific or terrible or shitty. And we, like, I was never taught in any church ever, what do you do with that? Right. Oh, but you can get up there and preach about Job who went through so much more than I will ever go through and he never once. Don't give me that fucking Sunday school shit. Like, don't tell me I need to learn how to budget, and then you never fucking sit down and show me how to budget. Right. And that's why one of my biggest things with church as well is that I don't feel like they, and I'm speaking as a whole, all right? I'm just speaking to what I've witnessed and what I've lived and the places I've been, right? But... It doesn't set you up to deal with life, but it does, it does teach you, well, you shouldn't question and you shouldn't waver and God has a plan no matter what. Right. So what it does teach is not necessarily conducive to 
everyday life. I mean, it is, but with a lot of things, it's not. A lot of big things. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. Yeah. Stuff that's hard to talk about and hard to deal with. And, and I, even yeah. even simple shit. Sorry, I'm going to say this one last thing and then I'll shut up. But like with drinking and oh, Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. If If Jesus turned water into wine, and I understand it was a different time and water was not water that we think of today. You couldn't just go drink water because it'd make you sick. had all the shit in it. People walked with their dirty ass feet and they washed down into the river. So you go to the river and you're eating all this shit and drinking all this toxin. Whatever. I get it. You had to ferment to cleanse. Okay? I understand all that. But if Jesus made the wine at this party and then people were like, wow, someone saved the best for last. Did Jesus not drink? Why did he make the wine? Why do we not talk about that? But we're like, if you grow up in church, most likely you're going to be taught drinking is a sin because it says to not get drunk. And if you do, you're not a Christian. You've backslidden and don't do it. Why does no one talk about that ever? Yeah, I I, I agree with you. And that's one stupid little example. (laughs) No, but point made, though. I think point still made. Um, the, the, I think the, the number one problem with, um, in the context of what we're saying, of what we're talking about, I think the number one problem is that, um, many pastors are ill-equipped to actually deal with these issues themselves. So because they're ill-equipped, they're not able to teach something that they don't know. Like how many pastors out there truly do have a counseling background? You know what I'm saying? Or yeah, how many of every them actually, Sunday they have to get up and give a word? Yeah, right. So when I was a kid and I, I felt like I was called to the ministry, I told my pastor at the time I was 14 years old. I said God's called me to preach. He said, "All right, I want you to. I'm going to give you the same advice that my pastor gave me when I told him the same thing that you just said." He said, I want you to join the choir. Think about that statement. I want you to join the choir. That puzzled me forever. <laughs> until I understood. Until I, until I, I, it, I don't know, it was like something clicked. You want to preach? You got to serve. No. To me, that, that wasn't the revelation that I had. The revelation that I had was... Oh, okay. So when it comes down to the end of the sermon, when you really got to bring it home and you really going to get you <laughs> and uh, uh, you got to learn breath control and you got to learn how to actually sing so that you can be in tune with the organ and the drum. Come on, if you're going to really preach like old school preach, you got to know how to get it in with the organ and the drum. Join the choir. You learn how to be in lockstep with them. Because every good preacher also sings. That's true, man. Yeah. Even if they can't. Even if they can't. That 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 happened before or forty, whatever it's called. I can't even remember anymore. That organ? That old school organ? I think it's a B four. B four. Um, I'm a hop on goods. You get, you got to know how to, you got to know how to get with it, bro. Um, I, many things that that I learned. I, I, he also, not just that, and and I don't want to make it sound like a bad thing, like I'm trashing him because I'm not. He's a, he's still alive today. He's still an amazing man. Um, and very well beloved by everybody. He's he's a good he's a good man. Um. But very, very old school, you know, when it came came down to actually training ministers and training people to be in ministry. You know, he also taught me, you know, 12 foundational scriptures that I really need to memorize and study and understand what they meant. um, Because they were foundational scriptures that every preacher should know. 
and they were all centered around the person of Christ and evangelism. And, you know, he was, he was the one that taught me that, you know, the, the greatest gift that anyone can receive is the gift of salvation. He used to, you know, he would, he would get up there, he would give the salvation message at the end of his sermon every single Sunday. And he, he, you know, a person would come to Christ, he would look them right in the eye and stick his fat finger right in front of their face. And he would say some of the most powerful words I've ever heard any preacher say. He would tell a person every single time, he would say, right now, because you've accepted Christ, you are just as saved as I am. And don't you ever forget it. Those words like, boom, like they're so, so powerful. Those words are so powerful to tell to somebody. Yeah. You know, and he would say it all the time. You are well, just as saved like as I am. That's been lost, man. It has been lost. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that even with all his wisdom and all the good that he had in him, he was still very ill-equipped to deal with certain things. Things that he had never experienced at all. And we all come to, you know, we all have that same handicap in, in, in some way or another. Um. But in, in terms of things that you were just talking about, when it talks about losing a kid, if that pastor has never lost a kid, he may not be able to help at all. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so back to my original point. My original point is that pastors, a lot of pastors, are very ill-equipped to actually help people go through life. They may be able to preach good. They may be able to expound on the word in an effective way to make you feel good and you're edified and encouraged when you leave the building. But when it comes down to everyday life, they, they may not have what it takes in order to help you actually overcome. Especially when a lot of their philosophy or mindset is rooted in, in scripture and they don't really have a way of application. You know, I mean, the, the acronym for the Bible is basic instruction before you leave earth. Right. We, we've all heard that. Reminds shit. me of Cademan's call. <laughs> basic instructions before leaving earth. That's that CCM for you. Um, which I mean, listen, I'm not saying like, <clears throat> Again, if people are listening to this thinking that I have the answers, I don't. Of course I'm not. just trying to say, like, neither does your pastor. Like, the same Holy Spirit that lives in me, and if you're a Christian that lives in you, lives in him, do we need community? Hell yeah, we need community. We can't do this thing alone. Yeah. But we put so much emphasis on the pastor title and the role and the shepherd he ain't your shepherd man i mean yeah okay they're called to shepherd but like i don't know i should have thought that out further before i said it because now i sound like an idiot but <clears throat> i just think like the way that church is being done in america and across the world as a whole which i've said time and time again there needs to be some changes and some awakening like there's a reason that small groups work better than an actual church you know absolutely it's because you have the community but when you're sitting there like in a, a present day amphitheater and listening to one dude's like talk and you don't even really know if, like, is did God tell him that? Or did you, he just have pizza last night and was watching a movie and he's like, oh, that'd be fun to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, community is more, effect is more effective than church, than the building. Um, <clears throat> and I understand, like, we don't live 
back in the Bible times and we're not in catacombs. And honestly, Christians aren't persecuted. Hell, if anything, here in America, we're the ones persecuting. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? <laughs> like, it's cool to be a yeah. Christian anymore. I don't know that it's actually cool anymore. Um, <clears throat> On a majority, you don't think it is? No. I think it's... Uh, you don't, I don't think know. it's I, the majority? <clears throat> Maybe it's not cool. Is it the majority here, though, in America? It is the majority in America, yeah. But I think we are moving closer and closer to being a post-Christian country. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Slowly, but we're getting there. Um, well, and here's are, where people always... Uh, completely in an instant changed their mindset of me i kind of welcome that hmm. yeah i do it's not that bad of an idea huh no it is not <clears throat> you want to clarify persecution is the birthplace for change and for revelation and for miracle you know what I'm saying? And I think it stems back all the way to Adam and Eve in the garden being told, you can't have this. Don't go there. Well, why? We're curious, man. Sure. And when you're curious and you can't be privy to information, what do you want? You want that information more than sex, drugs, candy, <laughs> money. Yeah, we're curious. No doubt about it. So even if you, you know, don't ever come to Christ, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, you know, I haven't fully thought out. Yeah, that, think about that for that a little statement, bit. But I sure. think there's something there, man, because, you know, anytime a movement grows and accelerates, mm -hmm. It's when there's persecution. Hell, look at what we're fucking living through right now. Not me, because I'm white. But, like, look at the times. Yeah. Look at the shit that has to happen. Unfortunately, very, very, very unfortunately, for black lives to finally, hopefully, start fucking mattering. Yeah. I'm not saying I want the yeah. bad shit. Yeah. I'm saying, unfortunately... As a human race, all of us collectively, ever since Adam and Eve went to that garden, ate of the tree, put yeah. clothes on and hid from God, yeah, we want what we can't have, and if we can't have it, we want to know why. And that's when stuff happens, unfortunately. And that's all I'm going to say. Don't hate me. I'm just processing thoughts and ideals but like i we're think there's something there yeah we're talking know? it through we're talking it through for sure i um i don't know that i necessarily would say that hey bring it on bring on the post-christian era i sure. just um well not but I, either <laughs> I, I understand i understand why you would say what you say though because <clears throat> i agree yeah we are curious people and we we want what we don't have we're consumers. I get that. Um, I just think that, oh, dude. Whenever you're done, I got a point. Go ahead. I want you. I don't want you to forget it. I won't forget mine. Well, so we were staying at a uh, family member's home over the weekend, mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, the TV was on, and this pastor was preaching. And Virtual church. <clears throat> yeah, boy. And he was telling a story about from the Old Testament where there was basically a fight that was going to happen, right? Nice. And the the long and short of it is the people were like, "Hey, we need more people," so they got more people, and then God was like, "No." You need to get rid of them. So then... <clears throat> oh, you're talking the, the, uh, the story of Gideon. Yes. 
Yes. So then come before the people and it's like, hey, if you're not in this and you want to leave, get out. So then like, I mean, 30 yeah. something thousand left. And then sure. it's like, all right, cool. Well, you know, one person would still have to kill like 14 people compared to their, to our odds. So yeah, we're good. Let's work. go do this. And God's like, nope. Still too many people. You didn't understand me. <laughs> yep. Sure. And it whittles down. And the whole point of the fucking story is. God wanted the glory. He wanted it to be unmistakable that these 300 or whatever it was, people killed thousands upon thousands of people because it wasn't them. It was their God going before them. Yeah. Dude, even to this day, that gives me chills. Yeah. One, because it's badass, but two, because it's like, God wants the praise. He wants the glory. He wants to be made known. And he wants people to not understand. Like, how did that, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Jesus died, and now I'm standing here, and I'm looking at the holes in his wrists. Some argue about the hand or the wrist. I think it's the wrist because your hand would tear, but whatever. Definitely the wrist, not the wrist. <clears throat> Like, how did this happen? This, this is not a regular thing. Yeah. Bad things have to happen. God shows up. Why? Because he's trying to make himself known to us and to other people, AKA non-believers mm-hmm. that, Hey bitch, you don't got it figured <laughs> out. Non-believers are bitches, by the way. I'm pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> Why don't you at least think about it? I'll be here. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm saying that weird, but you know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, so I, when I was teaching in the Bible school, I, I, um, I taught a class on the glory of God. And the whole theme of the, of the entire class was that God doesn't share his glory with anybody. And he, there's nothing more that he protects more than his own glory. Over and over again in Scripture... You'd have to actually read it from this perspective in order to really get it. But there's so many times in Scripture where when he speaks and he makes a decision to do something, you'll find, and we just gloss over it, but you'll find that he says, for my own glory, I will do this. Or for my own namesake, I will do this. Or, you know... Something along those lines. Almost every single time before God makes a decision in Scripture, He gives the reason why He's making the decision. And the decision is always being made for Himself. Yeah. Because, and I made this statement at the beginning of the class, and I clarified it over eight weeks, He's full of Himself. And I know that might sound very sacrilegious or disrespectful to say, but what else would you call it? Yeah. If if you say, I mean, he even said that he's a jealous God. Yeah, he said I'm jealous. I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to do this for my own namesake because I want my name to be praised. That's why I'm doing this. I'm going to take care of you and do this so that I can be praised. But I'm also going to put you in a circumstance where there's no logical explanation as to how you came out of this. Yeah. And then you have to give me the credit. You have to give me the glory. You have to give me the praise for it. And I get that completely. I understand. Because there is nothing more important to God than his own glory. I get that. Um, but even the salvation of man is for... God's own glory. So, I mean, when you think about that, I mean, what is it really about? Yes, you are saved. Yes, you are born again. Yes, you are eternally um, blessed and taken care of by God. Reconciled. Reconciled to him. Your repentance has been noted. Um. Which I'll admit is kind of weird to think that I did not want to come into this earth or be born. 
nope, and had nothing I have to do, to with do something. <laughs> that's it right there, though. To that's reconcile it. That's myself with my creator. That's the point, bro. You didn't ask to be born. <clears throat> you didn't ask to be born in sin. Okay? But since you have, there is a redemption plan in place that is all for his glory and all yeah. for his praise. So from the beginning of time, the wheels have been set in motion for him to be glorified. And when we all get to heaven, everyone is on bended knee, bowing down before him, singing with the angels, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. Revelations 1 and 8. That's what we're doing. I don't know what you think you're going to do when you get to heaven. <laughs> Is it everybody wants God to go to heaven? This and this. I don't know what you think you're going to do when you get there. Everybody says, oh, I'm going to ask about this and why did this happen and why does that happen? Blah, 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 blah. Good luck. Good luck on that, homeboy. Because we're all going to be bowing down before him, saying the same thing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come, the Almighty. That's what we're doing. Day and night, eternity, if that worship even is of a him. thing. And night isn't even a thing. Day isn't even a thing. You leave well, this, this might earth, be a good place to kind of wrap up because it kind of brings back to <clears throat> the previous conversation about church. And yeah, because I, I didn't forget my point. Oh, you still got a point? Yeah, I still had a point. We were just expounding on your last point that you cut me off on. Well, what's your point, bro? My point is this. I, I, I get that we have to restructure church. <laughs> Shut up. I get that we have to restructure church and restructure the, the way that things go. Mm. But... um. The fact is, is that if you're living off of your church, that is your sole source of income. It doesn't have to be. There's so with today's technology, there's so many other ways to supplement your income, to make a good living for yourself, to where you don't have to actually live off of the air quotes tithes and offerings that come into the church. It's a nonprofit organization for a reason, right? Uh, a 501c3. That's the way that churches are set up in America. Regardless of that, that is what it is in America. You go anywhere else in the world, they're not set up that way. Because it's, the church isn't built around a financial model. But here it is. And we think that the way that we do church today is a biblical thing. And, and, and actually, Clayton actually alluded to saying that, you know, we have been so used to doing things the way that they did it in the early church. And I heard him say that, and I'm like, either you're lying or you're just ignorant. Because the fact is, is that we don't do church today the way they did it in, in the early days. In Antioch, in the book of Acts, the, the church in Antioch was the first church in which they were called Christians. They didn't meet in a building. Number one, so... Right off the rip, <laughs> right off the rip, we're already doing things different from the way they did in the early church. They were called a church, but there wasn't a building associated with their, air quotes, church. It was communities that were set up. And the description of the church in the book of Acts was that they all had, they had all things in common. They took care of the poor, they took care of the widows, and Jesus Christ was preached everywhere. His death, burial, and resurrection. That was the gospel message. That's what church was. Hearing the gospel message over and over and over and over again. When you read the Bible, especially the New Testament, you're not looking at sermons that were preached in churches. You're looking at letters that were written to communities, community of believers, the people that just got together every now and then 
and they talked about the gospel, and they talked about life, they did life together. That is what was constituted a church, not a building, not some place that they went to once a week. And the, the fact is, is that they were anti that very philosophy because that philosophy is what kept them in bondage. The pharisaical and the Pharisees and Sadducees and that whole notion of the temple is what Christianity broke out of. They broke away from the temple. They broke away from the laws and all the things that were supposed to govern the people. They broke away from that to constitute, to, to create the church. Yep. The church didn't evolve from a temple to a building to a different type of temple. That wasn't it at all. Like it was a complete turnaround. The church in the book of Acts was a complete antithesis of the temple life. No more sacrifices. No more. <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. No more bringing in your tithe to a temple. All of that ended with the creation of the air quotes church. So when he says we need to get back to um, or, or we need to rescope church and try to streamline our visions and on and on, he wasn't able in the timeline to expound upon that thought process. Yeah. And honestly, I, even if he did, I'd probably still at the end say, well, that's probably bullshit. Because you're still part of the church of God. This denomination. So you're not even just part of a church. Okay. You're part of a denomination. Of churches. Of which you are a bishop. That exists solely around buildings. Of people. You want people back in your building. So that revenue can come again. Come again. And that's me, again, that's my viewpoint, and nobody has to agree with me at all. But I'm telling you, the way we do shit today is not the book of Acts. And I'll challenge anybody that ever says that we're just like the book of Acts today. We're not. We are not. We are so far away from the early church, we have reverted back to the temple. And as long as we continue to live this temple life, if you will, we will never be a church. That's my point. That's what I wanted to get to. Boom, I said it. Mic drop. Peace out. Word. <clears throat> I agree, man. So... Unchurched podcast for real. This is what we do. And this is where we're going to get back to. Conversations like this. We're repenting. We're repenting for all of our belching and farts and drinking. And we're going to go back to this conversation. I ain't repenting for that. Me either. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. You don't like it. You don't have to listen. Nope. Turn us off. Go to the other Unchurched podcast that has five episodes that took the dot com from us went nowhere it went nowhere but just to piggyback off of everything you said which i am pretty much lockstep with you it kind of you you wonder why are we here and to the previous point of well maybe it's because the church as a whole and these denominations as a whole, maybe not individually, but mostly definitely as a whole. They say that it's for God's glory. But when you whittle it down, is it? Not if you're getting paid by it, in my opinion. It ain't much for God's glory if you're taking all the money. That's all I wanted to say earlier. That was very succinct. 
Sean, thank you very much. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. Extremely sarcastic right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. We should I'm telling there. you though, what are these organizations? They hide behind that it's God's glory. Yeah. And then it looks nothing like what they say. Yeah. And it's the reason why the world looks at us as hypocrites. Yeah, say, that's oh, why okay, I look at them as hypocrites. <laughs> uh, well, of that's course, why a we... non here's Christianese. Of course, a non-believer is going to be like, "Fuck you! You're a piece of shit! You lying fucking sacko!" Dung. Yeah, dude. Number one, the, the number one thing reason that I've heard when I, when I evangelize and share the gospel with people is you go to that church and you give that man your money, you're giving that man all your money, giving that man 10% of your money. You should be putting that money in your own account, in your own savings. I hear it all the time, man. That is one of the number one reasons why a lot of people don't go to church. I'm just saying, uh, there's a million better reasons than, than money. There's a whole lot more reasons than money that we haven't even gotten into. Uh, but we will. But we will. I mean, the fact is, is, hey, God has done everything for his own glory, for his own namesake. You know, he forgives and he shows mercy for his own namesake. Because he wants to be known as a merciful God, so he's going to show mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Why? Because he's a good God. Because of his own name. You know, I mean, he is the original Trump. <laughs> wow. All right, on that note, you can send your hate mail and your questions to Michael at unchurchpodcast.show. <laughs> I don't even know what that shit meant. I'm not going to ask right now. You know, Trump puts his name on every tower that he builds, right? All his real estate, all his stuff, his name is everywhere. He put it on the side of his jet, right? Well, the name of God is written in the blood of his son. Everything is all for the sake of his own name. His name is so holy and so great that the Jewish people refused to spell it out all the way. They took all the vowels out of it. They were so superstitious about the name of God that they would not actually say the name of God. They called him Yahweh. But that's not even the actual name that God gave. They refused to say the actual name because it's so holy. And it's so um, sacred, priceless, untouchable, that they didn't even want the, the sound of his name to come off of their lips, let alone come out in the, in the pen. So I was halfway joking saying Trump. But the point that I'm making, the point that I'm making is that his glory, it's, it's all about his glory. It's all about his namesake. So much so that we don't even know the actual name of God to this day. There's still writings from many, many years ago where they won't even actually spell out the name God. They won't put G-O-D. It will be G underscore D. So, anyway. Love mail to Michael at unchurchpodcast.show. <laughs> your uh your apathetic mail to Sean at Unchurch Podcast that show. You want to reach both of us, hit us up, click the link at the bottom of the show notes. Info at Unchurch Podcast that show. <laughs> are you about to let me finish it or are you gonna jump yeah, in yeah i was just gonna let you go oh okay
Instagram and Twitter at UnchurchedPod. And uh, we appreciate your attention, your listening, because it means the world to us. You keep us on the map. So every time we record, we, uh, we get that much more popular for our own namesake. So we love you a long time. So long. We love you.